We're back here on the block. Happy Friday to you. Thanks for downloading us in here mid-afternoon on a Friday. I'm Austin. He's E. Strick. Getting going here with some college basketball rule changes, uh, some proposals at the very least. Um, let's get the, the lighter ones out of the way here first, Strick. Uh, one of the, the fun ones, I think, is players now get to wear any number 0 through 99. I like that. Yeah, it used to be so limited. And, and, and really, a lot of that had to do with the fact of referees. Mm-hmm. You know, 5, 4, 4, 5, 35. Mm-hmm. It made it easy for working with the table, so forth and so on. So mm-hmm. there was a limit to the fives, 55. It didn't go be above, above that. So that way it made it just easier to do 15, 21. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's really all it was. So now you're, you're, like you're getting back into refing. Is it is it six or is it six? So you always you 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 go with the hand. This labels five six. Okay. So you go with the the left hand first to mm-hmm. signify the the larger number. Okay. So if it's going to be twenty one, it's twenty one. Mm. Right. Okay. So you always wait. Hold on. Let me make. It would be as if you're looking at me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at me, you would see yeah. five. That would One. be six. Six, okay. 21. 21. Right. Gotcha. So it would be that way as if you're looking at me. Mm-hmm. So you always go that way. So you start here. So if you're going to go nine, it's going to be nine. Mm. Nine. So then if it's 99, it's nine, nine. Yeah, it's crazy. Whew. I can see why refs wouldn't and want that, but it, it can't you, be that big a deal. you got to emphasize yeah. it. 99 so then you go mm. you, you go 999 gotcha it's crazy but that's how it works um next proposal is that red and amber lights would be allowed on the backboard it doesn't specify this but i assume strick it's like in the nba where the whole backboard lights up not just the shot right card. that's something i didn't realize was a rule in college that couldn't be they a don't thing. do that yeah yeah, they don't. They they didn't normally do that. I couldn't understand why. Hey, listen, a lot of the stuff that the that college was doing is just trying to differentiate themselves <laughs> from the NBA. It, it, it's not. It, it some of that stuff just was just didn't even make sense, right? Um, there's certain things that they just finally just got to the point where they're like, we we just got to add it. I'll tell you something before we get into some of the blocking stuff. There's a there's a rule that some people don't understand, and you have the restricted area, mm-hmm. right? So the restricted area is drawn at at a, a slight distance, just to, you know above in front of the the rim, a certain distance, right? But if I'm a player and say I'm dribbling the baseline, mm-hmm. going to the basket, and if a defender steps in the restricted area but below the lines mm-hmm. with their feet, mm-hmm. and I hit them, but they're in the restricted area, but below it. So, mm-hmm. so imagine the imaginary line. If they kept the line going to the baseline, so yeah. so the the line stops though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and being that it stops, if you're running in that area in that section, and your feet are not on the restricted line, but below it, mm-hmm. and you run into them, it's an offensive foul, even though you're in the restricted area. Hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that. So like if that ever happens in a game, so say like you're you're running a play where you're going to be running the baseline mm-hmm. and a defender just steps into that area and you're running 
below the restricted area or you're dribbling below and you hit the person, no matter if you're in the restricted area or not, it's an offensive foul. Hmm. It's crazy. But people, yeah, it's, still, it's just little stuff like that that you don't know. Yeah, that's an extra little piece you have to be aware of then if you think you're going based on, oh, yeah, I'm good. He's in the restricted area. I'm good. I'm going to go up. No, you're not, son. Not going to work like that. Yeah, because he's not, it's not in there by rule. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the new block charge rule. And Strick, multiple times on the show since I've been here, I'm sure, long before you knew me, this rule has been under scrutiny. Block charge? Yes. What We're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But block charge was what cost us the Missouri-Nebraska game in Missouri that allowed them to get a 13-0 record that they should not have in the Big 8. <laughs> they called a block charge on me and guess who's dad? Booker. Melvin Booker. Of course. Yeah, obviously, his, he's, the, he's the father of uh, you Devin. Know, Devin Booker down in, in Phoenix. <laughs> they called a block on me where the, the furthest away referee calls a block on me. And the referee literally standing right there calls a charge. And they had a little communication issue. It cost us um, It cost us the game. But that's a rule that they need to address. Three refs in college and NBA. There is a head ref, correct? Yes, there's does a referee and then there's an umpire one and an umpire two. Does the referee have final say or does it go to who's like – had lead trail. So back then we didn't have um, replay. Mm-hmm. So they would have had to discuss it, try to apply the rule the best way they can, being that they couldn't come to a decision. I can't remember what they did, but somehow, some way, they gave a possession arrow which gave them the ball. <laughs> they went to like a, a hell ball situation which gave them the ball. And yeah. So a charge turns into them getting the ball, which then they run clock. I think they had a one-point lead or something. Mm. Um, I think they went to the free throw line after that. And then we we either had a chance with small amount of time and missed it. A pike, I mean, Pike shot like a 34-footer, and it rolled in. It, it did one of those toilet bowl things and came mm-hmm. out. That's how we ended up losing Block charge. An actual shot, unlike what Jordan Poole did. Mm, right. An actual shot. Right. For an actual player who deserved it in that moment. Anyways, we're, we're getting off topic. New block charge recommendation. Yeah. Is this, Strick. A defender would have to be in position to draw a charge at the time an offensive player plants his foot to go airborne mm. to attempt a field goal. If the defender arrives after the offensive player plants a foot to launch toward the basket, officials would be instructed to call a block when there's contact. So prior to that, it was upward movement. Mm-hmm. So the minute the player began to go mm-hmm. upward. So they're eliminating players, hopefully, uh, from that decision-making process of them actually getting into the air or looking to launch the minute they plant to go, if you're not there. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's a propose, right? Yes, proposal. Okay. I mean, it's not too far off. It's, it's a half a step. Half a, mm-hmm. half a second or situation just before. Because mm-hmm. instead of when the foot's in the air, it's when the foot hits to yeah. go in the air. Is, is there any worry that you have to judge intent? Because what if you're going up in the air to fake a shot, but your teammate comes open late and you pass? Does that 
does that change how you would look at that rule? No, it just it just determines whether or not it's a free throw or not. Mm, okay. So the aftermath of that would determine. So as he's launching, there's going to be. I I, I guess what they're ask, what they're saying is there's that's a form of a continuation. So uh, whatever continues okay. after that point, um, you're going to hear a whistle, mm-hmm. and then you have to determine whether they were going to make the pass or they were going to going to shoot. Does it change if they actually pass or shoot? Well, some guys try to fake like they're they, – some guys are going to pass and then they fake like they're going to take a shot. Mm-hmm. So you can you can figure out that that's not – you didn't weren't taking a shot, you were passing. And you just – as a referee, you just have to say – you know, you blow the whistle and you just say, pass, pass. And then that eliminates that. No shot, no shot, pass. And then you move on. Does college basketball need more continuation-style rules? Um, I don't mind that they don't because that is a significant difference. Now, I've seen them give some continuations that I'm like, my goodness, <laughs> that foul was out there. There was no way that should have been a bucket. You know, I've seen them give it to them, but mm-hmm. I, I don't mind them doing that. I don't mind them limiting guys to um, just, you know, that's a spot foul. That foul happened before the attempt of the shot. Uh, sometimes they get it wrong, but you know they're doing the best they can. For those who might not know, explain what continuation is and where that line is drawn between college and the pros. Well, continuation is just basically in a gather. The minute that you gather, so the, they've changed it in the NBA because sometimes in the NBA, the minute that you used to hear a whistle, you you could just start to make a shot attempt mm. with as long as you gathered. It was considered a shot attempt. So guys would get hit, and then they would just, just act like they were throwing The Trey Young, up. James Harden kind you know of thing. You know what I'm saying? So what, did, what ended up changing is location. If you're not in a shooting, you know, uh, um, like kind mode. Kind of position, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll wave it. And so guys will say, I was shooting. No, you're 30 feet out there. You weren't trying to shoot that. That's a spot. <laughs> you know, so they'll, they, they've changed how they do that now. Attacking the basket, the minute you gather, if there's any contact, whatever goes on thereafter is continuation. You still got you've still got your you've got your gather and you still got your two. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA that's three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> in today's game. I, I the stuff they get away with today, boy, I wish I had had the ability to do that stuff back then because my goodness, I would have been a heck of a better player, no doubt. That's funny. Um, a couple other smaller proposals uh, to get here. Uh, under two minutes, uh, I think this is in the game, not in the half, but it just mm. says under two minutes. When a coach requests an out-of-bounds play be reviewed, that team would be charged a timeout if the original call was not, not overturned. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I'm, that's one that I'm, I don't have a problem with. I'm a little worried because there are already so many reviews right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like... The refs are the ones that initiate most of them, though, right? There's a questionable call. They go to the monitor. Like, as soon as they see that that two hit the clock, it feels like we're getting everything reviewed. So yeah. I hope there aren't too many more situations like that because, Strick, the end of basketball games are so choppy. Yeah. Right? That's when you need your players to be at their best, to have the best basketball on display. But so often it just grinds to a halt. I- I'm with you. But think about think about if you're the the coach – that early in the game, 
So I'm just going to give a little pushback, but I, I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying. Think about if you're the coach in the earlier parts of the game and you had to call a lot of timeouts because your team was playing terrible. Mm-hmm. You don't have many. Think about those little extra little times that you can get in those moments. Right. Get over here. Get over here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to foul here. We're going to do this. We're going to run this play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get those little extra timeouts. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. The other coach has got to be seething a little bit because he's like, God dang it. You get, you know, they're giving him free time, you know. So it, it, it can work mm-hmm. for you and it can also work against you because those are like extra timeouts. That, that go to the benefit of you or not. It's a feature now, and it's if a you don't have a timeout, mm-hmm. um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that, whether that's going to be a technical. If yeah, Chris Webber style. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. to see where that goes. Um, let's see. Anytime the ball hits the rim, the offense retains possession in the front court. Shot clock resets to 20. Okay. Seems fine. Yeah. Here's one that I don't know if I fully agree with. But I'm curious to see how it plays out. A timeout would be able to be granted when a player has possession of the ball, even though the player is airborne. So that's a change from when it because they used to they used to take that away because what people were doing is they were securing balls, jumping out of bounds, and then calling timeouts, and they were being granted. So they're ah. basically just returning that uh, back to the game that you can't do that. Interesting. Yeah, remember, remember. So uh, the NBA doesn't let you do it. Like, if you leave the floor, your position is lost. Yeah, you, so, you've established position. Yeah, 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 your established position is lost. Therefore, you can't call a timeout because there is no established position on the court and in the air. So your next established position was out of bounds. So that's out of bounds. We're here. Mm-hmm. They're just basically adding it that you're you, you're able to do that now again. They they took it away, but they are they're they're saying that you can do it. Or that's a proposal. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that because I feel like if you're going to call timeout in that situation, it's a, it's a panic move. And, yeah, sure, you're chasing after a loose ball. You're trying to, you know, get your team a possession. It's a hustle play. Yeah. But I, I'm worried too, Strick. Like, you, you try to throw the ball to bounds. They tip it. You manage to grab it. You're in the air. Quick timeout. Like, that just takes it away from the defense. When they did everything right, Yeah. you don't have possession. You're not on the court. Yeah. To me, it just feels like a cop-out for the offense. Think about what could have been different for the team – who was it? What was the game? Sutter Hammond text line helped me. 402 464 56. The game where they literally lost. Was it Virginia Furman and Kihei throwing that moon ball? And he threw the moon ball and the guy got it and hit the three? Mm-hmm. Was that who was it? Virginia Furman. Was oh in the tournament this Virginia year. Virginia lost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just think of how you know that that could have helped him in that situation because he, in this situation, he's stuck. He's got nowhere to go. He does have a timeout left. Mm-hmm. And he could have jumped out of bounds. Oh, I can't throw it. Timeout. <laughs> it could add a little, a little extra drama to the game. How much of that rule then is on the refs to be listening and ready to call the timeout? Because I would worry as a player that if I jump and the ref doesn't hear me call timeout, like he should know. Like if you're refing at that level, you should know what I'm trying what to I'm do, be ready. Yeah. But if my foot lands and he hasn't granted the timeout yet, I'd be worried that ball's going the other way. Facts. That's just part of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. If he doesn't hear it, he can't acknowledge it. If he doesn't acknowledge it, there is no timeout, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the last one then, I don't know if we have to call this the, the Draymond Green rule, 
uh, Grayson Allen rule. I don't know what we're going to call this, but if a player commits three flagrant one fouls in a gra- in a game, the player would be disqualified. I like it. Why not two? <laughs> one plus one is two. For uh, a flagrant two, you're gone. Um, Why three? Because I, there was a rule in college where there are different types of flagrants, mm-hmm. right? Um, there basically were if you've got two minor fraction fouls, then you still had one that you. It, it's so freaking crazy in college. <laughs> I don't. I mean, sometimes I'd be like. I be I, I was reading the rule book like because I did college games too. I'm reading the rule book like well, this doesn't make any sense, you know. So there are different types of flagrants like um, you know um, if you got two where you you maybe you knocked the ball out and you you did something on the bench it's not attributed. But then if you did the elbow, it, mm-hmm. it was all these extra freaking flagrants. And I think they're trying to simplify it and make it just mm-hmm. that if you got three total, you're out. I don't know. It don't make sense to me. Same. That's why I have you to try to explain it. So (laughs) thanks for working through this with me. (laughs) I'm trying to give you a little bit of, you know, sauce to put in the, into the uh, spaghetti, but um, it's not working. You're doing great. Uh, We do have to put a bow on old, uh, not old school on the block for the week. We'll uh, have the old school crew, at least half of it. I think Kenny's on his way in. Jay's out today, but Jay will be calling in for old school, I believe. DP's going down to... He's in Newark. Newark. UFC. Big fight. UFC. Sejudo. Sejudo and... Uh, that other guy. And, and uh, I, 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 um, Hajime... Uh, gosh, dang it. I know his name, too. Um, oh, whatever. Get I, it over break. Yeah. We'll look it up. Break. We'll be back wrapping up on the block next.